Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And I am Apollo. Filling in for Joe. Joe is sick. I am also sick. So, Greg, you're probably going to have to do the majority of the talking. I think my voice will probably last about halfway through, (laughs) given its current trajectory. Yeah, we all got hit this holiday season. It is also happy hour Friday, and I made a big mistake, Greg. I forgot to get beer. Okay. So anyone who has watched this podcast long enough, you know that when I don't have beer, happy hour Friday becomes Jaeger hour Friday. So <laughs> not going to take a bunch of shots, just take a couple sips throughout. But feel free to let me know in the comment section what you're drinking tonight so I can live vicariously through your better liquor choice. <laughs> but without further ado, we do have a guest joining us. I think this might be the first guest we've had in a while for happy hour Fridays. Friend of the show, Dr. Ray Ann Weber. So why don't we bring her on? Dr. We- Weber, welcome. Hi, thank you so Hello much again. for having me on. Hello, good to see you. Yes, likewise. So you are, you do not sound as sick as everyone else here uh, this week. I, I need some no, meds. No Jaeger. <laughs> that's, not hey, in the, uh, not that's not in the protocol you're gonna tell us about tonight, huh? No, no, lots of vitamin D. Okay, so vitamin D, not It's an herbal liqueur. I I just didn't get the the memo that it was happy hour. I I know. (laughs) Well, I'll take a couple extra sips of Jaeger for you. Um, So last time we we were on, you were talking about different vaccine mandates, different mask mandates. Um, Things are getting worse. They're also getting better. In many ways, like here in Texas, we are pretty much done with it. Um, I don't think I, I haven't seen a mask in a store probably in a few weeks. Usually there was always a couple. We're seeing schools getting smacked down. They're not allowed to do the mask mandates. Vaccine mandates are done in our state. So there's good news and bad news. What are you seeing from from your vantage point? Well, um seeing some interesting things going on with our hospitals and that was the biggest thing that I wanted to share today was what people can do to keep themselves healthy so they don't need to you know cross that bridge about do I need to go into the hospital Um, we've had some issues here in Colorado where folks are um, already in the hospital and in a a really tough situation because as um, Max and Apollo, you both know that there's a, a protocol that's being used in our hospitals in America that is, is not helpful. It's a, um, a combination put together um, that is promoted by the hospitals and the CDC. But regardless of how we got here, we're, we're in this tough place. And when people come to the hospital and most everybody is uniformly tested for COVID, if you're positive, they're going to treat you for COVID, and that protocol is to use remdesivir, which can lead to kidney failure, as well as intubating, um, maybe even in a lower threshold that what we normally would use in medicine. And the combination of those two um, can be really harmful. And some of the doctors in the hospital are not seeing this for what it is. They've fallen prey to the the lie, the propaganda. They think that they're helping people. And in fact, they're harming people. And it's really hard to get to a point where you can reason with a doctor that's been in a hospital thinking that they're managing COVID to the best of their ability and saving lives um, and needing to, you know, steer away from anything that is not of the mainstream or what the narrative is, i.e., ivermectin um, and get them to hear that truth. So um, I know you guys are 
I've come across some of the issues where we have people in the hospital. Um, specifically, someone um, had reached out after um, her husband was in the hospital and she, she bought him in, just a very reasonable thing to do. They were taking care of themselves at home, felt that he was dehydrated and needed to go to the hospital for some IV fluid which is what we would normally do in a situation, right? Somebody's not drinking enough to keep hydrated, just bring them into the ER. They can have some fluid and go home. Well, in this situation, she spoke to um, the ER doctor and the nurse and let them know her and her husband's wish that they don't wanna consider intubation unless there was an extreme emergency. Well, she was sick and she went home to get rest as rightly she should and had an understanding that there was a good communication between the doctor and the hospital as well as the nurse and came back to find him the next morning unconscious, intubated and under this protocol that they cannot um, undo. It was a, a, a dire situation and in speaking to the doctor at that hospital, um, there was no way to communicate the wishes of the family that the doctor would hear. Um, basically, they're of the opposite mind where they're seeing um, ivermectin as an invalid treatment. No point in doing it. We're not going there. Here's the hard line. And there's nothing that the wife could say. There's nothing that I could say. Even getting legal involved, um, nothing that we could do to fix that problem. And um, I, I'm sorry to say that it, it didn't work out the way that any of us wanted it to. Um, so I We've guess we've seen a couple stories like that. Yeah. Uh, the big question is how do we communicate and take care of each other so that we don't get in this tight spot where we don't have as much control as you know, maybe in the past we go to the hospital, we tell the doctor our wishes, um, and, and there's a dialogue. Right now that dialogue is shut down, um, and, and it's a real difficult situation. Well, there's, there's a dialogue. It just happens to be a very top-down dialogue. If a patient comes in and says, I would like hydroxychloroquine, they are laughed out of the hospital or they are just belittled. They come in and say, I want ivermectin, they're belittled. If they come in and say, I don't want this protocol, this protocol, they're belittled. So there is a diet, there is a, a conversation. It just happens to be a very disproportionate, asymmetrical kind of conversation. You're absolutely right, Max. And um, it's a breakdown in our, our medical system right now. There's um, people that are under the influence of what the CDC says, and they are not willing to question um, what the CDC says. It, it, it's no different than questioning what our own government says. It, if the government says something wrong, it's wrong. But they think that they can keep getting away with it. And they may think that they're doing the right thing. Um, but we know the facts. We know that people in America are um, suffering from COVID more than other places in the world, even though supposedly we have the best um, medical care in the world. And it's this communication yeah. that is causing the biggest problem, communication and lack of knowledge. So um, I, I did send over uh, some links about supplements that everyone can do taking care of themselves from home right now, all winter. We should all have in our, our cupboards to take care of ourselves. These things are not prescription. They make an incredible difference. And for the vast majority of us, taking supplements will keep us out of the hospital. If you get sick, it will be mild. You will get over it. And there's never, never an issue of, hey, do I need to go to the hospital? Yeah. Right? You would go to the hospital for a little cough or runny nose. Um, no need to run down to the store and get a COVID test that is... Um, might be significantly inaccurate. Um, Might be. Get, That's a kind word for it. <laughs> we're not trying to confront all the problems all at once. So, you know, yes, stop going to those uh, crazy COVID tests. 
Well, yeah, um, that, that's generally good advice for everything. Unless you need to go to the hospital, don't go to the hospital. And unless you need to be admitted to the hospital, don't be admitted to the hospital. Because every day that right. you are admitted to the hospital, your likelihood of catching something increases. Your likelihood of st a staph infection goes through the yes. roof every yes. day that you're in the hospital. And yeah, you could you could come in with a little cough and all of a sudden you find yourself intubated on a ventilator with a machine breathing for you. So if we go ahead and put up my, my screen, Greg, we have that page that you sent over for the vitamins. Now, these are all vitamins that we've heard before. Um, at least right. most of them are. Yeah. And, you know, this is just reiterating what most people have probably heard. But vitamin D is the biggest game changer. If you can take vitamin D every day all through the winter, the likelihood of you going into the hospital is very, very, very low. And the survivability, if you do have a COVID infection, if you've got a normal you know, sufficient vitamin D level, you're going to get through it. Then now, since we've been through this for, you know, we're going on two years here. Um, we know that zinc is the, um, the key element that some of us are deficient in that you can take as a daily supplement that helps fight COVID and other infections. Um, vitamin C, Wow, I did not know how important vitamin C was. My medical school teaching taught me that um, if you spend money on vitamin C, you're just gonna have expensive urine. That was absolutely not true. <laughs> vitamin C will help your immune system fight off infection more than just even COVID. We should be taking care of vitamin C our our nutrition so what about a combo what about a combo of that so like my son i call him patient zero he is four years old he goes to daycare and he brings home every damn bug this side of the yeah. mississippi yep. he brings it into our house <laughs> yep. so anytime he comes in with the slightest sniffly nose eyes watery anything i run to the cabinet and i have a box of emergency which has vitamin c and zinc in it and I think okay. uh, yeah. vitamin, I think vitamin D too. Um, yep. Are things like that okay? That's awesome. Yes, the kids should be taking gummies right now. Yep, they like it. It tastes yummy. They take it. It's great. They've got an immune system that is robust. You know, your son is his immune system is learning right now, and I think giving him the supplement is the right thing to do. But kids have not. I know. I give myself the supplements. I give myself the supplements so that oh, he doesn't get me I, sick. I, he already has a, a multivitamin. He has his Flintstone vitamins. Awesome. Anytime he's slightly sniffly, I run there and I double up. Oh, I, I double up on it. Vitamins. I remember yes. that. <laughs> this time it didn't work. Every day now, it takes a while for your, it to build up in your system. So, so we don't have to play catch up and try and do IV vitamin C, yeah. which can be done at home. If you're taking your vitamin C every day, then you're building up that good, healthy vitamin C level in your immune system, and it's helping you fight off infections all year long. So the vitamin so D is more do. important in the wintertime because people are outside less and there's less sunlight. Yes. So ideally, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily need vitamin D pills. You just spend a lot of time outside getting some sunlight. You'd have a balanced diet, but especially in the winter, Vitamin D becomes more important. Right. Especially it depends on your latitude in the country. So if you're in Hawaii, lots of sun exposure <laughs> or closer to the equator and younger, you're going to have a higher vitamin D level and less need for supplement. But as we get older, it happens. Um, we all need to take supplements because we're making less on our own. And for people like us up here in Colorado, we are too far north that even if you went out and sunbathed in the snow, you're, you're not going to get sufficient sun exposure to get the vitamin D that you need. So you have to take a yeah. supplement through the wind. Well, and this is, uh, I find it, so I want, I want to uh, let you get back to telling people what they, what they can do. Um, but I think it's kind of interesting, and I don't mean interesting like it, you know, it, it 
stuns me because it doesn't. But we've had, you know, doctors like uh, Meyer Eisenstein, who died uh, within the last few years, Dr. David Brownstein. There's been a number of them who have been advocating for people to supplement with vitamin D, especially in the winter, citing exactly the things that you were just talking about and th for years now. Um, and just to avoid, you know, colds and flus and, and to keep their immune system healthy for other reasons. Uh, and yet we're now we're in this this pandemic, right? This pandemic, right. and right. you know none of the uh, none of the ordained uh, medical professionals, the CDC, they're not telling people to go out and, and take vitamin D to uh, get their levels checked to supplement properly. That's they're just cool. saying, you know, stay away from people. Uh, you know, stay inside. Don't go to gyms because uh, that's really great for people's immune systems. And then get a vaccine <laughs> that is. Uh, you know, uh, uh, apparently a Nuremberg violation. So, I mean, what do, you, what, do you, what do you say to that, especially being someone who's, you know, who's obviously, uh, you know, part of the medical community and, and sees that from the inside? Right. So, and, you know, I, I totally see where um, our medical community has gone awry. They are not understanding that the CDC is a captured entity. They have been funded by Big Pharma for years and it was kind of, you know, slowly creeping along where they had more and more and more influence. Now, because Big Pharma has such a huge influence, um, they are not interested in anything that is inexpensive. They can't patent vitamin C. They can't make money off of vitamin C, but they can sure make a lot of money off of remdesivir. Yeah. And um, because we're so compartmentalized, people are not seeing the bigger picture that um, one, that the doctors that are speaking up, that hey, yes, uh, you need to um, go see Dr. Zelenko's uh, website where he has the Z-Stack, even uh, gummies for kids, um, life-saving preventative supplements, that, that won't be on the table. It will never be discussed until we hold people accountable for censoring the truth. So in the meantime, we have to educate ourselves and spread the word. Um, and, and it's not, we don't need to be fearful. There's so much that we can do. Um, quercetin is a supplement that I learned about this last year. Um, fantastic. You won't find it on Amazon. Not, no surprise there. But you absolutely can find it through other, other sources. It's over the counter it makes a huge difference. I take it every day. Um, people take it when they get sick. Uh, antioxidant fighting immune strength. Um, and that, and that one, works and that works with zinc, similarly to how hydroxychloroquine does, increasing right. your zinc body's ability to uptake zinc. Zinc ionophore, that's right. Get it into the cell, help your body fight. Um, the other one is NAC. Uh, in the medical community, we, it's known as N-acetylcysteine. Um, it is available both prescription and over-the-counter. This is something you can take every day. This is antioxidant immune strength. Um, it's safe. You can take it. You can get it for yourself. If you're doing this every day, the chances of you getting sick are so diminished. You, and if you do get sick, it's going to be much more mild. And then the question becomes, okay, well, what if you do get sick? What do you do? Um, get your ivermectin before you need it. If you've done your research, you know that ivermectin saves lives. Hydroxychloroquine saves lives. You're not going to hear that from the CDC, but if you've done your research, you know that that is factual. This podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive. And yeah, insurance won't cover that either. Air Med Care Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy. 
in the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily, not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. Um, Early treatment and and, and they're effective. and they're they're most effective. I don't want to cut, cut you off. They're most effective on the screen at that viral replication phase. If you've already entered the cytokine storm or you're already in end stage COVID, those drugs become less effective because at that point you're not dealing with the virus. You're dealing with the effect that the virus has already had on your system. Correct. Exactly. Right. The the early treatment that's the key that you're you're talking about there, Max. Um, if you have ivermectin on hand, if you feel like you're getting sick, you just go ahead and take it. You don't have to search for a doctor that will prescribe it. You don't have to search for a pharmacy that will fill it. If you have your ivermectin on hand, Lord willing, you won't even need to use it, but you have it for early treatment. If we, if we prevent illness by having our supplements and taking care of our health, if we have ivermectin on hand for um, fighting with early treatment, the vast majority of us will not even need to consider that question of, do I need to go to the hospital? You won't. This is effective prevention, life-saving intervention that you can do for yourself. And I mean, so I know just, in America- uh, Sorry, sorry, yeah. go ahead. I was just going to say my uh, so my parents uh, both just got COVID um, and my mother's actually been very sick. Uh, my father, uh, a number of years ago, had quadruple bypass uh, and he, he's got uh, long term uh, long term emphysema. And so at one point, his uh, his pharmacy, like a story we've heard many times, they stopped uh, filling his script for ivermectin. So I had got I had, uh, you know, gotten a bunch from some medical, uh, some friends of mine, and sent them mm -hmm. a, a ton of it. Uh, I brought it to them when I went and visited, and mm -hmm. that was the only reason that he had any, and now I'm glad that I did because they both got very sick. My mom got to the point where we had to pay a bunch of money out of pocket to have someone come to the house mm -hmm. and give her monoclonal antibodies and vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc uh, through an IV. Um, and yeah. my father, at, at least for that instance, uh, just recently, they allowed him to come into the hospital with insurance. My mother, who's 20 years younger, uh, she's still in her 50s, she didn't qualify because she was too young and healthy, even though she, her oxygen levels were dropping and she couldn't breathe. And she didn't, they wouldn't allow her to come into the hospital. So we had to, uh, you know, we had to send someone to the house. Um, but, you know, it, it's so important that uh, people understand there are very, uh, or relatively cheap, things that they can do um, and just have it on hand and I mean just for mm -hmm. their sake and especially with my father's health I'm really really grateful that uh, that we had stuff for them already uh, when they you know started giving him the runaround at the pharmacy and then the issue with my mother uh, because I was lucky enough right. to have seen some of this information from people like you yeah that that's fantastic Apollo because yeah we need to help ourselves out we need to help our neighbors our community our church members um looking out for each other uh, and spreading the word it's you know there's so much um i, I want to just call it propaganda out there that it's kind of like we have to keep reminding ourselves that what we're seeing on the tv if you're still watching tv it's the opposite of the truth. And we can take care of ourselves. We, we can be proactive. We have the right to make our own medical decisions. We don't need to have it dictated to us. Um, so yeah, being proactive, I think is the biggest key that will get us through this winter and taking care of each other. I mean, just the knowledge of you can find an IV infusion company that will come to your house and give you IV vitamin C and other um, life-saving um, vitamins and nutrients that will get you through the illness without even having to consider going into the hospital. 
you know, it, it, it tends to be our routine that we just use insurance. We do what the insurance says. We go to the hospital. We do what the doctor says. We're in a place where we start educating ourselves and making decisions for ourselves and advocating for ourselves. Um, I mean, want to know what's even crazier? If you, if you yeah, find yourself in, a, in, a, in the Las Vegas airport, there are medical clinics in the airport that will give you a vitamin IV drip in the airport. Whoa. For it's it's marketed for hangovers, it's marketed for hangovers. <laughs> but <laughs> they're packed with vitamins. Yes. So yeah, yeah you, you don't even need to have yeah. them come to your house. Just go to Vegas, baby. They're all over the strip. <laughs> you can't get in the hospital. Yeah, <laughs> go to Vegas. Go to Vegas. But first, you have to go through the airlines and all that craziness. So you know, if you have it in your hometown, you can you know just take care of it from there, and you know. Uh, not not pay to put the lights on in Vegas, you know, what it's kind of a, <laughs> a tax. People are not doing their math there. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It, even home oxygen can be done because we know a lot of people that do get sick with COVID, um, older folks, you know, someone that has COPD, like your father, Apollo, they, yeah. they're more vulnerable. And that life-saving oxygen can save them from going into the hospital. If you connect with a provider that understands what's going on and has a comfort level to say, yeah, have some home oxygen. Or maybe even, um, you know, there's non-medical grade oxygen concentrators that you can buy online. It, it's, not, it's not the um, industry standard, but I'm for someone that is in the position that they do not want to go to the hospital, if you have an oxygen concentrator and you're monitoring oxygen and you have someone with some medical knowledge, you can get through this. You know, save the hospital for the last resort unless you know who's going to be taking care of you. Because in our, in our hospital world, when the doctor, you know, goes off shift, you get another doctor on and they may have a different understanding of what they think is the right thing to do and maybe even what they interpret, you know, your intentions or lack of consideration for your intentions. Yeah. When I so, lived in Colorado, I found that it was very easy to get non-medical oxygen. Like you can get it uh -huh. in the Pikes Peak gift shop because <laughs> there's just there's so many people who fly to Colorado and they're not used to the altitude. They're not used yep. to that. So all over the, the the city all over the state it is it is relatively easy i mean you're not going to get the regulator you're not going to get the proper mask but if you if you're really in a pinch and you live in colorado you'd be shocked to learn how easy it is to get sub medical grade out that's what i would call it more like consumer grade oxygen um which which right. probably wouldn't be the like, best but it, it's something right and you know the statistics right now for the folks that are going into the hospital to be treated for COVID, um, and if they get that combination of remdesivir with intubation, um, you know the you know the machine breathing for you, um, that the odds are not so awesome. So that's the only reason why I'm saying, hey, you you might want to consider being pr proactive and considering not going to the hospital. I don't want people sitting at home not taking care of themselves, but if you're being proactive and take a couple steps ahead, then you can care for yourself at home and hopefully not have that need where you feel like I have to go. Well, and a big, so, so a big problem, I don't want to get you off track. If, uh, you know, feel free to go back to uh, some of the other uh, supplements that you were talking about, but you know, a big problem that we're seeing in the hospital is that they are, they're treating people improperly. They're not giving them, uh, you know, the treatments that have, are proven to be effective and are safe, and they're cherry-picking who they're giving to. You know, there's a lot of stories, whether or not they're vaccinated, they get treated differently. The families right. of the individuals get told, no, you can't come in if you have the vaccine. Um, I had a personal mm -hmm. friend of mine who went in and, uh, well, two personal friends. One went in and said, no, I'm not vaccinated. They basically turned him away. And someone else I know who they were coughing up blood, um, someone that we knew, sent him away. Another friend of mine told him he was vaccinated. He wasn't. So they brought him in, and he's, uh, you know, 30s. They 
gave him a bedside EKG, did a, a, a titer test for blood clotting uh, and all kinds uh -huh. of things. Like they, they gave him additional <laughs> care. Yeah, because he came in and said that he was vaccinated. And there's a little bit of question as to why they would give those to a, you know, a 30s male who's athletic and doesn't have health problems in the first place. But, uh, but talk to me about budesonide, uh, if I'm not getting off track, because I, I know you sent us uh, a site about that. I had the pleasure of uh, meeting Dr. Bartlett a number of times. Uh, we got oh, to interview oh. him when he was in Colorado Springs. Uh, but, but if you can uh -huh. talk about that, because that's something that they're just not giving anyone, and no one seems very eager to talk about it. Yeah, that is um, incredible. It's unconscionable that they would have a disparity in treatment based on vaccine status, but there is that reality and it is going on in some hospitals. So we have to be very careful. Um, Dr. Richard Bartlett, fantastic doctor. Um, An amazing man too, very, very, very sweet. Awesome. Uh, the budesonide nebulizer, absolutely. If you are sick with COVID and having low oxygen levels, that can turn you around quick. And a home nebulizer um, machine is inexpensive. Um, they have them at all the drugstores, budesonide. It's, um, you, you kind of think of it as like albuterol is the puffer that you see the asthmatics having. Mm. Well, this is a steroid version of um, that inhaled treatment and the nebulizer is really helpful because it gets people to really take in deep breaths, open up their lungs, get the medicine mm -hmm. down in there. And we see it when they're using the budesonide, their oxygen saturation actually goes up right after they're doing it. So it has a, a direct effect on the oxygen level, people struggling with COVID. Um, that, that's absolutely a treatment that people should be considering. Um, it is available by prescription, but there are plenty of doctors that know of this treatment and are willing to do it. You just have to connect with them. You have to, you know, work your community. Um, here locally, we have some churches that are, you know, offering that to their members to say, you know, if you're in a, a tough spot, we might be able to connect you with some other providers that um, know about this treatment are in and they are comfortable using it and prescribing it for you. You can go into a doctor's office, they can do it there in the office. Um, but most commonly I'm seeing people um, just do home treatment. Um, yeah, it, that's, that's a total game changer too. Well, that, a question just came in from Rumble from Christine. She says, where can you get ivermectin? I asked my doctor and they won't prescribe it. That's something we're seeing more and more. Doctors refusing to subscribe, prescribe it. Pharmacies referring to, refusing to fill the script. We're seeing mm -hmm. the Biden administration cracking down on people trying to buy it through the mail. And they're actually withholding those shipments at customs and not letting them get to people. Right. I, I never like to ever recommend that people take animal medications, but that's what a lot of people uh -huh. feel like they have no other choice. And I mean, it, anyone who's a prepper, you know that the prepping community will stock up on antibiotics, like fish antibiotics, because yeah. they tend to be the same thing, not graded for humans. But if the apocalypse is upon us, you're going to be glad that you have a bottle of fish <laughs> antibiotics <laughs> and you can buy them at Petco, right? You can buy them at Petco and you can pay less than you would at the pharmacy. So lots of preppers will stock up on fish antibiotics. I know people have started buying ivermectin for sheep. They've they've uh -huh. they've just gone into because <laughs> you don't bring your sheep to the vet. They just walk into the vet and say, hey, I, I have a sheep. I need ivermectin. And they come out with a bottle of it. And I don't know. I don't know how you how you dilute it or whatever. But then they got this whole uh -huh. bottle of ivermectin for sheep. They they have <laughs> they, they've never seen a sheep. But like that's those are the hoops that they have to jump through just to get a medication right. that has been proven in many studies to be efficacious in preventing COVID fatalities when administered early. So is there any, is there any best practice for people short of having to go into the, the vet and yeah, lie about being herder. a sheep herder? Um, <laughs> are, are there, are there any recommendations no. on how, on what people should do? It's all on the table, right? <laughs> I, I, 
I think that that is fantastic that people are thinking outside of the box and there's a safe way to do that. There's plenty of information online about how to um, acquire the, the non-traditional ivermectin. Um, but before then, I, Apollo, I sent a link. I don't know if you have that one up available, but there's um, a long list of doctors that are willing to prescribe as well as uh, pharmacies that will- Is this one day, one um, There might be more than I, one. I can put it up. Oh, we got it. Website? How to get ivermectin. It's the, uh, that's right. One day uh, MD. And then if you scroll down there, yes, that is the website. It is like- so that is your book, website. A book's worth of like, phone numbers, addresses, wow. people that you can connect with that will get you the ivermectin. And the here locally, we're finding that corporate America is an obstacle to care. So um, some place that is a big chain across country, something like a, a Walgreens, Walmart, CVS, is um, not gonna make independent decisions. And right now we need independent decision makers and our local pharmacies, our local owned pharmacies, I'm not having any problems with. They, they see the value, they honor doctor's prescriptions. They're not going to make that judgment call to say, no, I'm not going to give that because there's some propaganda around it. Um, or, you know, a trivial or concern that, you know, the big arm of the government's gonna come down on you. And really it is, it's the propaganda, it's the misinformation. They're not gonna come after the pharmacy's license, but these people mm -hmm. are not thinking independently because they're in the corporate situation. So having a local pharmacy seems to make a huge difference and working with a doctor that might not be under a corporate umbrella but that is where you're gonna find more likely uh, someone that's comfortable prescribing the things that can make a big difference for COVID. You could um, always also, you could always also simply claim to be a Middle Eastern refugee, because if you're from the Middle East as a refugee entering the United wow. States, it is on the CDC's schedule for you to receive ivermectin. The same goes for Asia, the same goes for Africa. So um, obviously race is just, a, is just an identity. You can be whatever you wanna be, I guess so that's one way to do it. I identify as. Yeah. Right? Or, I mean. That's totally <clears throat> in the right now. <laughs> that's how crazy this is. Like, before, if I wanted to go into a doctor's office and say, hey, I'm thinking about traveling to Africa. I need something for malaria. They just write you a script for hydroxychloroquine or some other anti-malarial. And that was very yeah. common. Today, yeah. they won't do it. They, they won't right. do it. My, my mom was on hydroxychloroquine for lupus and she had to fight like uh -huh. hell this last year to get a script. And she's like, what do you mean you won't uh -huh. fill it? You've been filling it for 10 years. Like, like yeah. what the hell's going on? There, there's just such a big difference from between people that are awake and see the problem and people that are kind of, I, I hate to say it, they're brainwashed. They, they think whatever they see or they hear coming from the mainstream media is true. And, you know, those of us that have done research know that it's pretty much the opposite of the truth. So people that are under this kind of a hypnotism, a spell, they're, they're not thinking for themselves, that they fall prey to this. And, I, you know, sometimes I think of them as, you know, we are in a war situation. I'm, a, I'm an army doctor, that's my background. And, we're in the middle of a war and the people that are suffering from lack of knowledge and communication, they're going to be casualties of war and this can be stopped. We take care of each other. We educate each other. We try and keep each other out of the hospital. And if for some reason you decide you need to cross that threshold and go there, you have somebody physically there with you that will not leave your side. Um, but that's a big issue. If you do not have somebody physically with you, that's a huge difference. Um, well, because so once they're... Go mm -hmm. ahead, go ahead. I just want to ask you a question about that after you finish. Yeah, uh, just 
having somebody there to be your advocate that is not going to leave the building. Another situation um, down further south in Colorado, um, somebody that was in went to the hospital to the ER to just get some um, some oxygen and get some help without necessarily needing to be admitted. Um, their caregiver left the building. They ended up admitted. And now we're fighting that same battle of advocating for what the patient wants in contrast to what the, um, the hospital wants to dictate. Yeah. So having a person physically with you be life-saving. Well, so my question, we're seeing these protocols, right, that are so, uh, so contradictory to uh, what the medical literature says. And, I mean, mm -hmm. what I would hope the, the hearts and minds of the people who are attending to these patients uh, would incline them to do. And I know there's, you know, bureaucracy involved in that. Um, there's, you know, mm -hmm. obviously administrative issues where they have to follow certain guidelines. But now we're seeing after they said, okay, get the vaccine and then life will go back to normal and, yeah, and all two these, weeks all the, yeah, yeah. And now, and now patients who are in the hospital in very serious condition in some of these issues, like you know of, and, and we know of, they are, uh, they're not giving them proper care. Uh, and then the families are not being allowed in. And there's a big correlation between whether or not those family, family members are vaccinated. I, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, um, but yeah. is this, there's obviously the administration part, right? And I get it, they have their guidelines, mm -hmm. but there has to be a part of this, I feel like that there, there's some direction and maybe not on the part of the nurses, obviously, or the people directly attending them, but it's like this is designed to separate those most vulnerable and put them in a spot where they're going to be, you know, slaves. And, you know, their, their lives are then at the whim and it seems like they're, they're playing sides and it's going in favor of the, of the COVID narrative, right? And that's costing people's lives. So these people who are uh, who are being treated so inappropriately and criminally, I think, are, are dying and they're getting very sick. And then th that's being used to, to further this narrative that we have this, this terrible, you know, uh, health crisis going on. I mean, like, do, do you have any insight to that? Because it, it breaks my heart and I, I don't, I don't see any, any other explanation for it on some levels. Yeah, Apollo, you've spoken to so many significant issues that we're having around um, this pandemic. It was planned. There are some, um, there's some really evil people. We're in a battle between good and evil. And the people that don't see it are more likely to be a casualty of this war. Um, isolation. Um, that takes away your voice. They, they, they send somebody in and they're separated from their loved ones. Um, there's no need for that. I understand that that is what CDC is dictating or um, telling people that they need to do, but they're not a, an, a arm of the government. They are a essentially private entity um, putting out information that is not consistent with what is helpful to the public. They have failed the American public. And if the heads of the hospitals are going to cave into financial influence, um, i.e. you get reimbursement for every patient that's on a ventilator diagnosed with COVID, therefore you want to test everybody coming through the door with co for COVID, therefore how many false positives do we have? A yeah. ton, maybe even 90%, maybe more false positives. Therefore, we have cases. Then we have a, a case-demic. In, in medicine, we don't do a test unless it's going to make a difference in your treatment. So you don't test asymptomatic people. Um, if they've come in because they have a broken leg, they don't need to be tested for COVID. Um, but yet we know in the hospitals that's going on because there's a financial incentive. 
And yeah, you take a step back further to say, how did we get here? Well, our economy shut down. We said that all elective surgeries would not happen. The only people that can go in for are like serious emergencies. Um, and then you put the hospitals in a financial bind. And that financial bind is kind of like a deadedness where you are tethered to that decision and you're no longer making free decisions. These CEOs are making financial decisions. They are not physicians. That's where that sacred um, relationship comes for the Hippocratic Oath. The CDC does not take a Hippocratic Oath. They do not look a person in the eye and say, you know, if this doesn't work out, you know, um, you know, what, what are you going to do? Yeah. That, that relationship, when you have to look somebody in the eye and, you know, know that if you do the wrong thing, that you've actually hurt a human being. The CDC sees numbers, statistics, and skewed statistics at this point. A CEO sees um, finances keeping their hospital running, um, and, and that affects decision-making. And now they're in this situation where they're pretty much blinded or not able to make independent decisions in the best interest of the patients. So, you know, it's like all these steps along the way, how do we get from, okay, uh, we know that COVID is a thing, we're concerned about it, two weeks to let everybody, you know, gather together, make sure our hospitals don't get overrun to, you know, going on two years of, uh, of craziness where we're so disconnected from what we know is true, especially in the medical community. There's doctors that absolutely know what is the right thing to do, but either one, they're afraid because they have huge student loans and they're a slave to that student loan and that house payment that they mm -hmm. feel that they can't make the decision to go against the grain, which, you know, at the end of the day, you know, are you able to sleep with that decision? That It's hard for me to understand that. Um, but I know that that is the case, that there's doctors that do know better and are not speaking up and that are not standing up for their patients. Um, but I see that we're turning the corner. I see that more people are starting to speak, speak up. I see that there are more doctors willing to put their, their you know, license on the line to say, no, I'm not gonna hurt my patients. I'm not going to just go along with what, um, what we're being asked to do when I know it is in violation of my Hippocratic oath and it is not in the best interest of my patient. And the more that we see, we get to that tipping point where it all falls apart. And it, it really seems like it's snowballing at this point. If the CDC is recognizing that um, two COVID shots plus a booster um, is insufficient to cover the, you know, the newest strain, uh, Omicron. Um, well, that's an admission of it, it, it doesn't work. It's a failure. They won't use that word. They'll try and keep saying, oh, well, we need to have another, we need another one. Yeah. No, it never worked in the first place. Um, but people see it. And then, right then they say, no, we're not going to play along anymore. It's, yeah. it's so obvious. Well, and so we had to take, uh, take a moment real quick okay. to remind everyone this podcast sponsored by my pillow. If you go to my pillow, make sure you use promo code CD 21, Charlie Delta two one, and you're going to be able to get the, my pillow, the original, my pillow with the patented fill for the lowest price that they have ever had ever, ever, ever. MyPillow.com, promo code CD21. You're going to support Mike Lindell. You're going to support the Patriots that work there. And full disclosure, we do get a small commission when you use our promo code. So you help us keep the lights on and you help us grow the channel. So again, go to MyPillow.com, use promo code CD21, Charlie Delta 21, and you're going to get up to 66% off the cheapest that the MyPillows have ever been. Perfect gift going into Christmas. We're almost out of time, Dr. Weber. And I understand that everything is is very negative. I want to get your take on a couple of positive stories. 
because there are some positive COVID stories out there. These are, these are we, we have to be able to laugh about things because if they, they've stolen so much from us over the past year, I contend that if we allow them to steal our sense of humor, then they truly win. So I refuse to give that up. If we put up yes. my screen, Mr. Producer, and I don't know why the New York Post is is putting up a video of how to perform surgery on a goldfish, but the story is <laughs> New York City COVID inspector was booted from a bar for failing to show their own proof of vaccination. So New York City sent a vaccination officer to verify that the bar was checking vaccine cards <laughs> and the vaccine inspector got kicked out of the bar because the vaccine inspector couldn't show their own damn vaccination card. <laughs> the quote from the bar owner says, I don't understand how you're coming here and forcing something and not cooperating with the very thing that you're trying to enforce. <laughs> Aha! <laughs> Got him! I love oh, this. The hypocrites. Oh, stop hypocrites. <laughs> I thought it was the Babylon Bee at first. You, no, that's like, real. Wow. That's oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. actual news. <laughs> that is just crazy. It's kind of interesting yeah. just alone that, like, there's so many times I look at a headline and I'm like, oh, that's a Babylon Bee. No, it's not. Or yeah. vice versa. Or I, <laughs> I see real news and then I go, oh, no, that's Babylon. I can't tell the difference sometimes. So they, yeah, they took the inspector out front. And they're saying, hey, you're, you're not above the law. The inspector says, what law? And the owner pointed to the sign that they are obligated to put above their door that says you must be uh -huh. vaccinated. And the owner points at it and says, that bullshit. Oh. <laughs> that's, what, that's how it went down. I'm not exaggerating it. That is how it went down. Now, ultimately, the vaccination officer was able to get in and was able to prove that they were complying. But uh -huh. you, you got to enjoy <laughs> After that, all that, the and they couldn't shut them down? Yeah, they mm -hmm. couldn't shut them down because they were actually doing what they had oh, to do. Poor guys. <clears throat> the funny oh, bit yeah. is that the health department says, well, of course, they have to be vaccinated to work for us. So that's where we're at now. We're at the honor system. We're at the yeah. honor system. No one has to show a card. You just have to say, oh, it goes without saying. How come that goes, that, <clears throat> that goes one way all the time? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Uh -huh. The rules for thee and not for me. Yeah, you gotta yeah. love that. It's insanity. That's why we need fighters like you guys and Joe and Mike Lindell fighting for our freedom, fighting to keep our country real. You know, we, we're one nation under God. And when, when we stick together, we do powerful things. And I love ending on the laughter because laughter is good <laughs> Well, I got one more. Good medicine. I got one more for you. Yeah. If we put up my screen and then we'll play the video. United Airlines removed passenger from flight after he wore a thong as a face mask. Now we've talked about we've talked about the uselessness, and you can see there the picture of him wearing the thong. On the way to Vegas, right? On the way to Vegas. I don't know. It was a Florida man. Of course, of course, it was a Florida man. <laughs> now, now, Dr. Weber, short of the edible variety of underwear, short of like the lace underwear, I have to think that as useless as masks are, a pair of underwear wouldn't be that much worse. No, well, no. Yeah, that, it looks like that's pretty breathable. I think that that guy is smart. You know, you, you probably find some better underwear than a mask. Yeah, you get some of this this like fibrous disposable, you know, masks that you're, you know, trying to breathe through with all the, you know, little fiber particles. No, this guy is smart. <laughs> well, we have a video. We I have a video. Make thongs great again. I think that's what yeah. we should start. Apparently he's been doing it for a year and it only just oh, caught up with it. him. So why don't we take oh. down the screen and Mr. Bruce, let's oh, play the video of the out. news yeah. of the news that's covering the story of the man getting kicked off the flight. <laughs> for wearing the thong mask. Let's, let's play that video. Oh, I would be happy to. A Cape Coral man kicked off a United Airlines flight this morning because he was wearing underwear as a mask. Now, it wasn't subtle. It wasn't easy to miss. It was red women's underwear on his face. He argues it covered his nose and his mouth and it complied with TSA guidelines. Thanks for being with us. I'm Patrick Nolan. And I'm Jane Monreal. Fox 4's Rob Manch live now at Southwest Florida International Airport. Rob, a strange case for sure. Was he trying to test the rule with his red underwear? 
Yeah, Jane, he absolutely was trying to test the rule. Adam Jenny tells me he thinks the rule requiring people to wear masks on planes and in airports is silly, but it is a federal law, at least until May of this year, so he decided to follow that rule in a silly way. But unfortunately for him, the staff on United Airlines Flight 1750 this morning didn't find it very funny. You can see Jenny's bright red underwear hanging on his face as he gets walked off the plane in the video taken by another passenger. He says he was trying to show why the rule doesn't make sense to him. There's nothing more absurd than A, having to wear a mask till I get to cruising altitude so that I can order Tito's by the double and snack on pretzels. <laughs> And illustrating that absurdity by wearing women's underwear on my face sounds perfect. Shortly after Jenny left, other passengers started to speak up. Did he just get kicked off for wearing a mask? This man then chose to leave the flight as well. I'm out of here. Forget it. I'm out of here. Jenny says several passengers ended up getting off the plane to support him. Thank you to them because they saw yes. something, an injustice, something that didn't make sense, and they stood up. Afterwards, Jenny received this email from United Airlines saying he's now banned from United flights until what? his case has been reviewed they by the Passenger Incident Review me? Committee. Jenny says he still feels like he was in the right. Your rights end where mine begin. And you don't get to tell me how I conduct myself. And we took the time to go look at United Airlines' website. It simply says that your mask should not have any vents or holes in it, and it should fully cover your nose and mouth. Jenny tells me Compliant. he feels like his underwear mask did meet those guidelines, but, of course, United Airlines did not. And he says this isn't the first time this has happened. He also says he was kicked off a Delta Airlines flight for the very same thing. We're live in RSW <laughs> Airport tonight. Rob Manch, Fox 4. Oh, All right, Rob, it. thanks. <laughs> so technically... Compliant, as long as it's a big enough pair, technically compliant. <laughs> you made I my get, yeah, I, okay, maybe they could add a size requirement to the mass deal. No, yeah. you know what? The best yeah. part about that is that other passengers walked off, right? Because yeah. I know is, there's people who can't afford American to do that. Perfect. Yeah, but they're, they're, if everyone everywhere, like one day or like two days out of the year, anytime something like that happened and people just said no, and like, you just had whole flights who were just not wearing masks or, or even or even something stupid, like they wear underwear. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. There's going to be some policy changes. That, like, we, yeah. You will start making waves because that's kind we of, we need done. like to get to the hundredth monkey phenomenon where everyone just yeah. says, screw it. I'm done with you guys. Yeah. I'm done with this. This is nonsense. And you know what? I'm not going to go to, uh, you know, whatever trip and, uh, yeah, I'm gonna stay here with my family this weekend or you know what? I'll go find another airline if that starts happening more often th These airlines are gonna feel it so hard Because um, yeah. I mean at this point who really cares like yeah, it's a federal rule They keep using that as the cover like oh well, it's a federal rule So we can't do anything about it. You know what screw you guys I'm, I'm getting a little spicy right now. I apologize. Yeah, man. Yeah, tell them. I mean we don't do things that don't make sense We the people we have the power that guy is awesome. It's called <laughs> malicious compliance. Malicious <laughs> compliance. <laughs> Technically complying, but doing it in the most passive aggressive way possible. Um, I think that meets every definition of the mask. And I think that if they did not, listen, if you go on with like the neck guard or whatever they call it, the neck wraps, they say, oh no, that's right there in the thing. You cannot wear the neck wraps and use that as a mask. That doesn't okay. count. The gators. Notice yeah. that, yeah. Notice that in that documentation, it does not say underwear. You can't it use underwear. It does not. It does so, not. It just says it has to be cloth. You just says can't have holes or vents. Yeah. Yes. I know, yeah. I know of a guy that uh, went on uh, flights and read the, the rule of the law, and that's that you have to comply and put it on when they ask you. But then he would take it right back off. And he did this for the whole flight. <laughs> And because he was complying with the rules, he got a letter of apology at the end of it. That is smart. That is That's beating them at their own game. Yep. That'll probably be hit or, hit or miss because sometimes they'll just throw you off the second time you, you take it true. down. But, uh, I, so, I have seen, sorry, go ahead. I've seen um, masks, people making masks out of wedding veil. I, I've mm -hmm. seen them making masks out of lace. 
My favorite was early in the pandemic, liberals were wearing crocheted masks, like unironically. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. They were wearing those, like legitimately. <laughs> like that that was the thing. Um, I fully support the underwear mask. It is much better if anyone who is a, a viewer of the show, who's been watching long term, you know that we covered about a year ago, a woman who unironically had to wear her own underwear into a store because she didn't have a mask. And it was a disgusting sight. Oh. I am just glad that we went from wearing dirty underwear for mask compliance <laughs> now to yeah. ironically wearing clean underwear. As long as we've made that jump, I'm I'm happy, I'm content, and I can live with it. <laughs> That's really progress I didn't want to hear that we needed. Yeah, clean underwear Friday on the airplanes. How about that? Yes. Uh, ah, ah, I, I like that. I like that. Well, so I think, you know, it's interesting. So, you know, you were just talking about on the medical side, how people, they, they're just repeating what they hear and they're not doing their own research, right. which there's so many, you know, there's so many options out there and so many resources, but people either aren't finding them or they're not, uh, they don't know exactly where to look because if you go on, you know, Google, they like to hide a lot of it and the mainstream news right. doesn't want to want to give right. it to you. The hospitals don't want to give it to you. And we saw with our guest earlier today um, with uh, uh, Jake, uh, you know, we, we saw a lot of the same stuff where people were, and when I say people, the mainstream, the Mockingbird media, they, they called it, uh, they, they were making this narrative and defaming him and calling him all these things like they did to conservatives and doctors like yourself who just had, you know, courage and integrity and said, no, I'm going to, you know, here are the risks or here's some uh, here are some other options. And they're getting uh, they're getting, you know, blackballed basically for it. But, uh, you know, we, we we talked about the Mockingbird media earlier. So now I think yeah. we have like the Mockingbird medical. So I think we have like Mockingbird Eminem. Ah. Is where I think we're at. Yes. Is there, there, yep. there, there, it's really weird because they're working together. They're like the same establishment now. Well, we are, we are almost thinker. out of time. We are almost out of time. But I do want to let everyone know that I was not kidding. If we put up my screen, oh boy, this is a woman in Kiev being told that she did not have a mask. And <gasps> she is seen here on video removing her underwear in a store in Kiev, <laughs> no. Ukraine, and putting her own underwear. On her head. That is malicious compliance. I hate it, but I also kind of like it. Wow. Is that is that wrong? I, I like the malicious compliance bit. I don't the like box. the underwear on the outside face. Outside the bit. box thinking. It is outside yeah. the box. Yes. It is, is outside the box. Against the grain. Well, well done. Clean underwear aisle. Go to the queen clean <laughs> underwear aisle. Yeah. <laughs> First. I mean, sh that woman did that like she's done that before. Like if you told me I have, <laughs> if you told me I have sixty seconds to take my underwear off in store and to put it over my mat, my face, I don't think I'd be able to do it as smoothly as she just did. She has done that before, well, I would which is concerning. Be. I'm assuming you don't wear a dress. That's so concerning. I would, I would hope that's true, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And still, it, it was fluid motion. It was it was off and up. It was like it was like she knew what she was doing. So very very <laughs> concerning. Well, well, Dr. Weber, we are out of time, but I want to thank you so much for stopping by. Um, I'm gonna give you the final word for people. I know we got a little bit off. We got a little bit off because no, it is a Friday. But what would your final your final message be for everyone as we wrap up this episode? Um, you know, we are only issued one body. Uh, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's our charge to take care of it, and we can. We can. Be your advocate. Take care of yourself. Be proactive. Keep healthy. Um, and we'll get on the other side of this, and we'll be a, a better country for it. Absolutely. Awesome. Flush out the bad people. Keep the good. <laughs> Amen. Well, Dr. Weber, thank you so much for joining us. I, I, I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. All right. You, yeah. God you bless too, you. Max. God bless you, Ryan. And uh, I'm, God I'm bless. sure we'll see each other soon. Sounds great. God bless you guys. I love her. Well, we are out of time. It is Friday. It's time for you. I hope to everyone has a great weekend. Right? I've, already, I've been drinking. I've been drinking the whole time. Oh, you Packed with vitamin B. Packed with vitamin B. <laughs> not Did the vitamin B vitamin, that helps with you COVID. Put your emergency in there? <clears throat> no, not. It, it doesn't have. It doesn't have B12, which is what you need to fight COVID, but it has all the other Bs. 
So maybe if you add them all up, I don't know. But I like it. Um, <laughs> also, I highly recommend Jägermeister. It has 56 <laughs> premium herbs. I can neither confirm nor deny whether those herbs help with COVID, but they did. A couple times I took a swig, did help with my dwindling. The next time dwindling we have a doctor on, we'll ask him about that. Maybe they yes. can confirm. Yes, maybe they can confirm. I don't know. It tastes like cough medicine. So there's got to be something to it. There's got to be something to it. We'll have to ask it, Joe it's if too it similar. as good as the, uh, the Mucinex. <laughs> yeah, we'll, ha- we'll have to ask him. Well, we are out of time. Everyone, make sure you check all of the links in the description. Sign up for the Conserve Daily audio podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts if you can. Um, leave us a five-star review so we climb up in those rankings. We go live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. So tune in for that. And if you need a little reminder, you can text the word freedom, as you see on screen, to 89517, and you'll get added to our text alert system. You'll get a notification when we go to air telling you what we're talking about, and then how, when, and where you can watch. And if you're one of the Facebook refugees, since we're no longer on Facebook, this is your best way to get a notification because Facebook's not sending them out anymore. So that's it for this edition. My name is Max McGuire. And I'm Apollo. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country isn't over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.